This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Here we are again, right here on the other side of it's Texas. Freezing cold Not again. How to get on that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. You hang out on the other side of Texas, pushing the buttons of, uh, of public officials and computers and otherwise. Your host, Jay West, Texas Leeson, raving on from where Buddy Holly became famous right here, AM 580. Lubbock broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. You may as... Satellite shows need a car wash after tomorrow. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed. Check them out, racerwash.com. Thank them for sponsoring the program. You want to be a part of this program, 806-745-5800 is where you can text into. Folks, listen, it's an hour-long program. I listen to enough talk radio to know you got to put the good stuff up and we're able to, we're best able to sift through the good stuff on the text line. So some of you smart texters can jump in there. 806-745-5800 as we roll along, give your thoughts, uh, claims of uh, amens or I disagree or overt heresy as we roll along here on the program a couple of things we will have tim collins who is with lipa not directly associated with the lubbock expo center and the proposal that's up on the ballot but can certainly talk about the economic benefit to lubbock the hub city and the region of such an expo center he'll be up here in about half an hour from now to talk about the ins and outs plenty of questions asked there how's this thing going to be paid for why is it justified we'll get into all of that in what is not yet happened and that's the implosion of the auditorium coliseum made of khrushchev proof steel to withstand the cold war uh, that uh, structure in due time going down am going this weekend uh, also well hold on before i get into that uh some regent gate uh, regent gate stuff coming up and also i've gotten some emails text messages saying hey man you're really setting up a great camp a lot of people listening a lot of people trusting you as a source uh you're really setting yourself up in a in a candidacy an election candidacy in the short future way to go uh that's not right 
And I will talk about that in the next segment about how not right that is. Not just based upon me, but based upon the sort of people this program in its West Texicanism has really ticked off. I would get, shall we say, well, Robert Bort, if not Brett Kavanaugh, in an election, reaching for something, anything. Uh, the interest that this program has uh, certainly disrupted, or shall we say just outright ticked off, uh, yeah, not going to happen. Get into that in the next segment. Coming up, um, want to start by saying I made a terrible error in judgment this summer. Before the Dallas Cowboys line got hurt, uh, put on probation or whatever else, I decided, look, we're at a point there in the Lisa Ponderosa where we're able to do, based upon professional success, able to do better for our children than our parents' parents were able for them. And that's part of American progression. Thank you, American Dream. I've never been to watch. Now, I long watched my great-grandmother and my grandmother's quiet love affair for Tom Landry and T. Jones. Or not T. Jones. What's that guy's name? Daniel Effort for me, uh, the owner of the Cowboys before Botox Jerry. Uh, we're going to come up with that. But, and it's... To be frank, the same kind of love affair. I don't even call Sundays Sunday anymore. I call them Mahomes Day um, because we watch the Kansas City Chiefs pretty religiously at the house. But this summer I decided I was going to do something that I've never done for my children. And that's to go. We're going to go to two Dallas Cowboys games. First versus the Lions this weekend. Uh me and the twin boys, they're nine. They love them. They watch them. And they under they cannot quite understand why the Cowboys can't win, which is the story of my life at least since 1992. But we've got the parking pass lined up. We've got the hotel accommodations lined up. And we're going to sit on about the third row of the 20th yard line for the game. Me and the two boys. Really looking forward to that. I was much more looking forward to it than before the season actually started there. Because before the season started, I thought the Cowboys would continue in their progression to be pretty great. I thought the Cowboys could, back to my high school years, be pretty pretty great and I it appears that How about them Cowboys? Yeah. yeah it doesn't appear that uh, how about them Cowboys is gonna be yelled out anytime soon. So if you've not read Jordan Peterson, I would recommend that you look up Jordan Peterson and talk about realistic expectations to improve yourself. So it seems that me and the boys will be sitting there on the third row, hollering for the Cowboys, uh, Sambo and his um, Ezekiel Elliott, and 
Jack and his uh, Dak Prescott. But here's the conversation I'm going to have to have with them before the game is, guys, it's not how we played the game. Like, I'm going to go in this cheesy Ned Flanders mode. We just want to score. Do you think that we can score 20 points in this game? If we if we score 20 points, that'll be really good. And then maybe by the next game that we go to, which will be at Thanksgiving, there with Granddad and Uncle Chad, then that'll be a real victory. So my nine-year-olds, they aren't going to fall for it. But that's what we got in the meantime. But speaking of, and I, I asked before the program, just tweeted out, I was expecting before the program and already getting some responses on the text line. Listen, Holiday Inn, I'm going to put up photos after the show. And for parents driving in vehicles or listening to this podcast in the morning while you're doing your hair or whatever you're doing, and you may be around young children, the chance of young children coming in. And listen, as a middle adult, I can tell you this, uh, doors need to be chain locked. And I'll just leave that for your logical deduction. We this summer drove, and I've talked about this before on the program, we drove to Wisconsin to see Missionary Mike, my little brother. And we stopped in Elk City, stayed the night, drove the next day to St. Louis, and stayed at a Holiday Inn. And then from St. Louis, we saw the arch, we did all the things, and then we went into Madison, Wisconsin, where our brother lives, the Berkeley of the Midwest where my West Texas brother often has many problems. Go ahead and turn down the volume if you've got younger children in the vehicle. Nice accommodations, seemingly, and then put all the children to bed we got the suites and we got two kids on the rollout couch two kids in the extra bed and then my wife and I and then inevitably though unnecessarily two more children in our own bed and I wake up the next morning the leader of the Lisa and Ponderosa and again Turn down the volume for younger ears. Five, four, three, two, one. Wake up the next morning, put my foot on the floor, and feel under my left foot what must be some carpet that's come unraveled, even though a large amount of carpet that's come unraveled underneath my foot take up my iPhone that's been charging beside me, put on the light, and guess what is underneath my foot? It's not unraveled carpet. It is, how shall I say, a big ball of hair from the nether regions, from someone else, 
underneath my foot, to which I immediately begin to gag, who does something like this? And then the next question on my mind, who oversees something like this? Like, I understand that I wake up and it's in between the exterior wall and where I'm sleeping, but pubic hair underneath your foot? Holiday Inn. No, I don't want to go out and proclaim the next day, wow, I woke up, yawn, at a Holiday Inn Express. I'm ready for things because I woke up the next morning with pubes underneath my foot. So I went in, they told me they were going to make all things right and that they were going to, a couple of texts in on the text line, I cannot, I don't know what Murchison means. Maybe somebody else does. Murchison, that's, that's one response. The other two responses, well, now three, I cannot respond to because I don't want to get into legal trouble with these people. But uh, the whole thing was, we're going to make this right. We're going to give you a free accommodation at a Holiday Inn. So I called in today and wanted to punch my ticket for something near Cowboys Stadium for Sunday, overnight stay on Saturday. And uh, it turns out that I they did not make good on their promise. They they did not say, well, because they told me they'd make things right in the future, that they would comp for me stepping on a big ball of pubes there in their hotel. And they did not make good. And now uh, we had to go and get another hotel room, which I presume will be right. And that's a larger question for Holiday Inn. After the show, I will tweet from my own personal account, pictures of my personal account but in the meantime big question to answer to the boys and it's going to be why i think i don't know what the vegas line is if you know the vegas line on the lions cowboys game this weekend let me know how about them cowboys but i tend to think it's not going to be how about them cowboys after the game. Hey, uh, we're going to get uh, Tim Collins in, do another little segment before we get him in. Just wanted to let you know, tomorrow, Ross Ramsey coming up on the show on Thursday. Brian Mueller, who's written a book, Kings of Big Spring. You may want to check that out. And Chris Level, Red Raiders Sports, talking about the Red Raiders' next big game on Thursday. And then on Friday, anticipating Congressman Jody Arrington, along with Brandon Darby, right here on your other side. Keeping it real. Watch out what you step on as you get out of your bed. There, in the hotels of repute. Uh, You don't want to have a morning after at the Holiday Inn Express like I did. Stay tuned right here on the other side. The only sure thing is Texas and I. Hey, welcome back in. Raven on here on the other side of Texas. This segment, as well as this program, brought to you by Mullen, Hoard, and Brown LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, and employment, employment law, as well as estate planning. 
I mentioned in the last, uh, oh, this back in from a 214 that would know the merge. And I really do, like every week we go in and we look at analytics of people who've listened online and have listened to our top-rated podcasts here on the most talked about and most listened to show in West Texas. Uh, the Murchison family owned the Cowboys, Clint and John, and then Bum Bright. So I guess they have something to do with my trauma of waking up in the Holiday Inn Express and stepping on what I stepped on there. Not good tourism, is uh, Tim Collins in her studio to talk about this in the next segment. Um, listen, and I want to touch on this. And when it... <coughs> Excuse me. As you go to other Texas.com, there is a banner that begins to scroll across the top. And one of them is a welcome and then tells you uh, why we're here. And I think it's necessary to talk about, I would want to know motivations of people to whom I listen. And so I'm going to tell you mine. I did step away from a fairly popular uh, uh, broadcast. It was called West Texas Drive and publicly said myself I was looking to run for office. Then opportunities like this came up, uh, other opportunities as well to cover things that I couldn't foresee at that time would become Regent Gate and Rager Gate and things that people were really interested in and things that I thought, regardless of what comes, some good West Texicanism could address and some good prairie populism, though some who defy this program call me a prairie populist, uh, I thought that a good voice, a good independent, original, funny voice could address. Excuse me while I take a drink of my Topo Chico. You're welcome, Topo Chico, for the pre- free promotion here on the program. Now, if it's not apparent to the listening audience that I don't intend to run for public office anytime in in the foreseeable future, let me just draw out some political realities for you in Texas. I have, since the launch of this program, greatly irritated the beer distributors of Texas, which is a big no-no if you plan on running for anything. And cue Mr. Burns, and you're not ready for this, Daniel, but cue Mr. Burns and a... uh, in a laugh, in a sinister laugh, because he it pretty much embodies the beer distributors of Texas. Um, arguably one of the most powerful lobbies in Texas. I have also irritated, to a great extent, the governor's office and the governor himself, as well as the interests surrounding the Regent Gate 5, which we've covered to a great extent, and led the way in covering on this program and let you know why the Region Gate 5 is, as the Rolling Stones say, under the thumb. And the girl being uh, Chancellor John Sharp and the governor himself and the governor's man, at least his former man, Daniel Hodge. 
Uh, also ticked off uh, Chancellor John Sharp, who's somebody that Texas politicians aren't necessarily interested in ticking off. And then uh, I'll just throw in the governor himself. Now, I will say that it feels pretty good to drive into this program and to pick up in the same day checks from new advertisers as well as public information documents that have been submitted from given entities. That's me grinning because that's what I do here on the program and more to come about those things in the next few days. By the way, I had someone come to me today and say that listeners of this program need to check out, wait for it, firefrancis.com. That's right, firefrancis.com. I don't know, I've checked it out, there's nothing there yet, but it seems like there's going to be a big play on that website here in the days to come. Uh, Just to break some news here and let you know that firefrancis.com may be a thing that you want to check out. Of course, that being... Yeah. That being a thing that refers to Chairman Rick Francis there, the chairman of the Texas Tech Board of Regents, leading the way in ousting Bob Duncan by threats that presumably uh, presumably were from Chancellor John Sharp and likely... Uh, Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry. And I've gotten a lot of flack about talking about Rick 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 Perry and tweeting about him, writing about him. But Rick Perry, not Rick Ferry, has... uh, People say, well, so what's, what's the interest in... Why would Rick Perry be interested in? And I've gotten feedback uh, from, from John Steinmetz, from people who have Corresponding with John Steinmetz, a region of Texas Tech, Rick Perry's son's best friend, pictures of Rick Perry and John Steinmetz on his public Facebook account. What interest would Rick Perry have in something as, and let me paraphrase, menial as a vet school in Texas? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but within a recent student body election at Texas A&M, Rick Perry wrote a column in favor of one candidate in the student body in the Houston Chronicle. Like, you would think that the Secretary of Energy would take to the Houston Chronicle to write something that frickin' matters, but no. So don't don't sit there and get my boots wet and tell me it's raining, because Rick Perry has taken much lower aims at much lower things. But it feels pretty good to be a West Texan and to go in and get your checks on your advertising and then receive public information documents that you've requested that begin to make sense of everything that we've reported about on this program. And besides checking out Rick Francis on, as I'm told, the web, as well as overhead... Probably, if you're at the West Texas at, at the uh, Texas Tech West Virginia tailgate, 
just look overhead, uh, you may be made proud by what you see overhead. Uh, also check out, and sorry to offend a few of you, but this is completely based on, we wrote a piece on Mickey Long and Mickey Long being in trouble professionally, Mickey Long. And look, the, this whole thing is, I've argued on Regent Gate. Why in the world would five guys make a big qualm of $5 million over four years in budgets in which there were like $4 billion passed? That's been their justification for firing Bob Duncan. If that's your justification for ousting Bob Duncan, then it assumes that your own records, your own public records by your own names and entities in which you're involved are above board and meet snuff and they simply do not and I was checking out uh, Mike Leach's lawyer posted information that he found from public documents we wrote a piece other side of texas.com this weekend on Mickey Long and how he has potentially probably funneled one point over 1.25 million dollars through his two daughters and their husbands since 2012 all of these donations began 2012 his one daughter andrea long tyree has contributed 416,000 some 600 dollars since 2012 based upon the documents that leach's lawyers have put up or lawyer or PR guy or whatever, Andrea Tyree, only in her new position at Texas Tech, fundraising for Texas Tech Athletics, makes $150,000 a year. So how generous must you be in order for the public to believe? And all goes back to firing Bob Duncan over a $5 million dispute and $4 billion worth of budgets passed makes no sense and just adds to the intrigue of probably potentially being under someone's thumb. So breaking that news, look out for firefrancis.com. Also in the last day, two high level sources coming to your other side of Texas and yours truly saying we've got something to say and uh, have listened to them and will continue to listen to them as we get to the bottom of our Regent Gate here. Uh, you know, prevailing winds may be from where they are, but whenever you step in it, people can smell it from a mile away in West Texas. And uh, we've got a great acumen when it comes to our noses and uh, probable wrong. And again, as I've reported, that Next Board of Regents meeting, typically they run two days, a Thursday and a Friday. It was set originally for October 4 and October 5. Uh, thanks to listenership of this program, followers, uh, and otherwise, it has been amended. And I don't know the last time it has been amended to just be one day, but it's been amended from October 4 and 5 to just October the 4th. Justice has a long bend, but it will meet its bend in due time. Uh, you regents, I've said it before, 
you know, I'm, I'm talking to Hammonds, Steinmetz, I'm talking to Huckabee, I'm talking to Long, and Francis for sure. Again, firefrancis.com. I don't have anything to do with it. It's an initiative uh, that's outside this program. Guys, come forward, just step down. Somebody's not afraid to step into the public. Tim Collins. I'm going to talk to Tim Collins here in just a little bit. Lubbock Expo Center. More info about that. Stick right with us here. On your other side as we rave on here. AM 580 Lubbock. Hey, welcome back in to the program's segment brought to you by Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. You hear my wife, real estate extraordinaire, talk about... Uh, we talk about her on the commercial break. See why she trusts and she trusts her clients to Title One to serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Have in studio with us now Tim Collins, a well-known name in Lubbock. It helps lead up LEPA and all the great work that they're doing. Want to talk a little bit about the Lubbock County Expo Center up on the ballot here in November. Some intrigue for local listeners. Tim Collins, thanks for coming on the show with us, buddy. Well, I tell you what, it'd be helpful is if we set your mic before you came on. Uh, Tim Collins, thanks for coming on with us. So it's working now? Yeah, it's, That's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you may want to turn it off in a moment. We'll see. I uh, may need to turn it down just a little bit, but not off. Uh, so I think something that snuck up on a lot of radars is not only... So what was it? Back in February, we voted to... Do away with the Lubbock Auditorium Coliseum was in that? May. In May, it just confuses me because we had more days that there were ballots in May or up in early 2018 than there were days without. But in May, we voted to turn over the Lubbock Auditorium Coliseum to Texas Tech from whom it originally came vis-a-vis the state of Texas, a whole process there, but turn it over to effectively be demolished. And this is not for you to, to speak to, but I'm told it will be demolished. And I think when it is demolished, quite frankly, I think there'll be a lot of lawyers in lawn chairs waiting for um, everything that may or may not be in the wind to blow in the wind whenever it is demoed, but certainly Khrushchev, proof structure there but with the doing away came the need for a dirt track in Lubbock um, something to which we could go to rodeos and not have bucking bulls next to a Marsha Sharp freeway which was not there when the thing was there was hardly anything there when that Coliseum was built but the question became where are we going to go to the monster truck rallies where are we going to go to the rodeos? And now there's a new, new proposal up, uh, a nonprofit, not run by the city or the county, uh, but a board that is independent of the city and the county, the uh, Lubbock County Expo Center. That's correct. 
And, and, and I think we did see something happen very quickly. The, the, the vote to abandon the Coliseum uh, Auditorium Complex came upon us quickly. There had been conversations about a new facility going on for several years, but this really expedited the program to, to give impetus to, to move forward. And so I think that's what's being done right now. Randy Jordan is heading this effort up. He's out of town, and so I'm not, I, not just out of town, out of country. So you had to take the bullet. He's on he's on vacation, and so I took the bullet today to come on the show and and to speak about this. But I think it's very very important that we understand the purpose of this building. Yes, it is rodeo. Yes, it is dirt events that include motocross and monster truck. But I don't think we understand the things that. Uh, that we're missing, the opportunities that we don't know about, uh, FFA and 4-H conventions, what other types of conventions uh, are out there that we, we don't get to host in Lubbock right now. I recall having a, a large ag show uh, going on east of town, out on East 50th Street for many, many years, but that show's no longer there, partly because it got rained out one year. There was no indoor venue capable of hosting an event like this. Um, I've been had the pleasure of serving on the board for Market Lubbock and Visit Lubbock for the last six years. And I don't think, I, I know that I didn't understand tourism and its effect on the Lubbock economy uh, like I do now, having served on that board. Well, let's get into tourism just in a moment, Tim Collins. But you serve in what role on, tell folks, LEPA stands for what, and you've served in what role with LEPA? So LEPA stands for Lubbock Entertainment and Performing Arts Association, and it's a nonprofit uh, 501c3 that was formed to develop and build the Buddy Holly Hall. And so the Buddy Holly Hall, what, $95 million? What, what's the $154 million uh, okay, total so project. About, so now I sound like a Texas Tech regent <laughs> trying to fire Bob Duncan. I'm way off in my numbers. Uh, 150 54 that's correct okay but all privately donated that's correct as well yes so and you've helped lead the charge on that and the pictures i people can stand wherever they want to on the issue and i don't know why they would stand in opposition if it's privately funded but really impressive but you had to know tim collins in you know three four five years preceding that this could provide an alternative for all the flack that the Auditorium Coliseum was getting from acts that would come into town. And I think the Lion King, being the most effective, saying, we ain't coming back unless you guys have another venue because it was difficult to get in here. But that's just the stage. Then there's the dirt. Now, you've known for some time that there had to be an effort to provide something else in the Buddy Holly. By all accounts, whenever you look at the images kind of makes you tap your heart and be a pr- be proud to be a part of Lubbock or maybe even the region that we're able to put something together like that. Uh, speak to that, but then I want you to talk about when, what, what space and time did it become clear to you we're going to have to do something about a dirt facility as well, not just a state-of-the-art production facility like the Buddy Holly. Well, and, and the information came out about the Auditorium Coliseum and how they were basically joined together, uh, both not only physically but internally with electrical uh, components and HVAC components. And so, so you, had a, you had a great deal of 
information about the auditorium. Yes, Celebrity Attractions said we won't come back to Lubbock and perform there. Lion King has never been here, but their entire uh, program of five or six shows uh, a year, Broadway musicals that they produced, said, no, we can't come Lion back King's to Lubbock. Lion King's never been here? Lion King's never been to I'm Lubbock, sorry, Texas. We, we got four young kids. We're just getting into taking them into public. Well, I, I'm, I'm itching. I've been talking for five years about bringing Lion King here, and it's certainly very high on our list. But that that particular show has, for example, that show is 30 18-wheelers. When they come in to set up in a city, they bring 30 18-wheelers load uh, of, of costumes and sets and et cetera. And they can't load that in one door. They have to have three dock doors. And and the capacity of, of the Auditorium Coliseum, it was a fantastic facility in its day. And, and there's no question about that. But its day had passed. Its day and, being like when I was born in 79? Uh, its day when it was built in 55. Okay. And and I think it was still very suitable over that period of time up till the day you were born, maybe, Jay. But it, 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 had, it had served its purpose for our community, and, and it had run its course, and, and there was only so much that could be done. The city closed in around it. I saw a photograph of the construction of the Coliseum uh, a few weeks ago. And, and it was cotton fields for miles and miles uh, around it. And, and that's just not the case today. And you mentioned it earlier, the auditorium coliseum complex, the city has grown in around it. We built Marsha Sharp Freeway uh, within a stone's throw of, of the back door of the coliseum. And, and today that facility is being used for rodeos. It's being used for monster truck rallies. But can you imagine the havoc that a loose horse or a broken fence panel could cause during the rodeo and have bucking bulls or $100,000 horses loose yeah. right there on the Marsha Sharp yeah. Freeway. Best and not so, to be in the Scion whenever. All that's that, exactly right. That mm-hmm. So let me do a little rapid fire, and then I want to get into tourism, which is a big, a big conversation. We get into the program under the category, the leasing category of there are no cattle guard gates around Lubbock. We live and we die by the health of the region. But I've got a couple of questions to ask you. Uh, where do you perceive, and again, Randy's not in town, but where where will this facility, this Lubbock County Expo Center, be? So today we're negotiating and talking about three different locations. Obviously, you can't negotiate a land deal in the media or on the radio today, uh, as we are. But Thank we you are very nego- much. we are negotiating uh, with three different projects or, or locations for the project. And so, at the end of the day, uh, before early voting starts, we will have something under contract, maybe multiple sites under contract. But we'll have something to tell the public about as, where this is going to be. Is a contingency based upon the vote? Well, of course it is. Yeah, uh, okay. of course it is. So, tell me. So this is supposed to be paid for by a two percent venue tax. Uh, is that into the future, or is there a point in which the revenues to maintain the facility so it doesn't fall into the disrepair of Auditorium Coliseum? Is there a point in time in which that venue tax drops? Or is it just into the foreseeable future? The venue tax will sunset and go away. There is a bond limit that would be set based on the amount of revenue that the venue tax could support. And when those bonds are paid off, the venue tax itself would would be reduced back to its original rate. Currently, the city of Lubbock is 13% on its hot tax 
Uh, I believe that 6% of that goes to the state. 7% is distributed around the city. The Lubbock County, which has initiated this tax effort, currently receives no money from the hot tax. When the bonds are paid off, that venue tax would go away. Okay, and then... A couple more rapid fire, going to get into the break and come back and talk about the value of tourism. What if um, what if it somehow loses money? Let's say that the lowest bid is taken on, let's say, electrical or whatever other utility not done right, uh, and it loses money. Would that come out of a general revenue fund by the county or the city? Absolutely not. Okay. Let me say that very clearly, absolutely not. Most of these facilities are at break-even at best. They are um, they're not designed to make money. I, I, I hear a lot of people say, well, if the private, you know, if this is going to make money, the private sector ought to step right in and just do it. These facilities aren't just about making money. They're about adding value to the community and the citizens, and that's what this project will do. But to overcome that, and we, we had to face this at Buddy Holly Hall, uh, and so it would be faced here. To overcome that, you have to build a revenue stream, and you have to create an endowment. And okay. so that's what the Lubbock County Exposition Center's pledge is, both to the county commissioner's court today and to the public, an endowment will be created that ensures that no funds from the general fund are being brought okay. from the taxpayer. That's that's helpful to know. And then it will be run outside of the commissioner's court, outside of the Lubbock City Council, its own respective board of operations, as it were? Exactly. A nonprofit organization is being formed, and that group will handle both the construction and the long-term operations of the building. So the final question before we get into break, Tim Collins sitting here with us, giving you the straight skinny here on Other Side of Texas. Will any of the regents who were proposed to um, have voted against Bob Duncan be named to be on that board? I see that being highly unlikely, Jay. Highly unlikely. (laughs) What's not unlikely is that you're going to enjoy these ads coming up and get into a little bit of tourism, talking leasing sense coming up right here on the Other Side of Texas. At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, welcome back in to your other side. This segment, as we close out, brought to you by Lubbock File Room. Uh, Lubbock File Room servicing Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. Don't you think you need somebody to protect you from... People who would be snooping around in your dumpsters whenever you throw all those documents out. Maybe some industry competitors. Maybe for whatever other reason you need somebody like Lubbock File Room to take care of your document storage and shredding services. What do you got? 
For a free and hassle-free estimate, call 806-744-7666 today. That's LubbockFileRoom.com. Thank them for being great sponsors. Where do you live? The program. Uh, Get on along here with Tim Collins. Knows all things about the beams and structures that are going up in Lubbock, it seems like. You got a question you got to ask our friend Tim Collins about it. So, Tim, I know that you've worked with Market Lubbock, with Lita, and with Lipa. You understand, and this is an argument I make a lot of times, and it's in the vein of Pete Laney, somebody who I've grown up respecting and still talk with a lot his argument is always there is no cattle guard gate around Lubbock everything that's good comes in and everything that's bad comes in Um, that Lubbock doesn't stand alone in the region and I state that to set up this part of the conversation to say that you know what the zip codes are on the tax receipts that we get in Lubbock and the last I heard, it's somewhere between 30 and 40% are outside of Lubbock, which means that Lubbock, now if I'm wrong on that, correct me, but I think it's somewhere between 30 and 40%. Lubbock does a lot of good business on people coming in from without the region, specifically within the immediate West Texas region, but maybe without as well. So tourism is a big industry, and I think whenever we complain on this program about lack of public, and I don't ask you to get political here, but whenever we talk about what we're paying for in our property taxes at the end of the day, a lot of that is offset by tourism. That's exactly right, and and, and you make a very good point. Um Tourism, I think, you know, we we think in our minds of tourism being Orlando or Las Vegas or Hawaii, where people go and and spend uh, weeks at a time on a vacation. Or Arlington. Hashtag, how about them cowboys? How about it? Yeah. Good luck to you on that trip, uh, Jay. The the thing is about tourism in Lubbock, it doesn't have to just be about entertainment. We do offer a great deal of entertainment in our city, but it's not all about that. Uh, But last year, we had six points. Three million visitors into our city. Now, I don't like to do math in public, but I can tell you that's over 15,000 people a day who come into our city and they come in seeking goods and services, whether it's health care or, or they're coming in to buy tractor parts. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. They're in our city and they're spending their, their hard-earned dollars uh, with our restaurants, with our retailers, and, and that's a very important aspect to our uh, economy. Um, approximately $600 per household would have to be charged in additional property tax if those sales tax revenues were to go away. And, but, and here's my immediate thought there. Knowing, like I'm speaking in Urban counties Summit in January, like is, I don't know, for whatever reason they asked me to come down and speak at Austin right before the legislature kicks off. But if I ask them, Tim Collins, stand on the stage, how many of your communities have a uh, visitor tax? So let's just call it that. Uh, a visitor tax on hotels, motels. Uh, all of them would raise their hands. So Lubbock's not doing anything here 
that other major metropolises across the state don't do already. Every single one of them has a visitor tax of some sort, a hotel occupancy tax. As I said earlier, Lubbock's is 15%. Uh, Amarillo is seeking to go to 17% uh, next year. Midland, Odessa, 15%. Austin, 17%. If I'm not mistaken, El Paso, 17.5%. you are going to pay 15% when you go to Dallas uh, for the pleasure of watching uh, the Cowboys uh, here next weekend. But pleasure. It's, it's, and, and then there's some on top of that on, in, in some cities. Five cities have a tourism uh, public improvement district where they're able to add additional tax within certain uh, boundaries of, of the city to improve uh, the area for the public. So it's, this is not uncommon, and we are at the bottom uh, of, of every community. I see lots of, uh, or I hear lots of things about, oh, citizens will, will um, not come because we've raised this tax. And, and, and I would ask you, and, and, and you're the perfect example, when you called to make a hotel reservation in Arlington, did you say, how much is the room or how much is your hot tax? Yeah, I... Um I, I looked at the room, I, and, and because I got nine-year-old twins, I looked at the pool facilities as well. So I believe your priorities are in order. What yeah. does the room cost, and what are the accommodations yeah. I'll get but, to enjoy? And, I, and look, I don't want to give a talking point to you guys, but something, and I mention all the time, I had strep throat yesterday, felt like I swallowed a handful of razors and washed it down with cheap tequila, Tim Collins, because I got it from my kids, or from a kid that of a kid of another kid there at their schools. But as a, as a dad now of an 11 year old, two nine year olds and a four year old back when that was like one and four, four and five or whatever it was, uh, this mattered a lot more. But if I'm in, if I'm in the position that the Lubbock County Expo Center is, you know, the argument I make is another little revenue tax, uh, venue tax that we put up, in the early 90s, a little thing that my kids go to at least twice a month called the science spectrum. Naysayers at that time said, no, we can't tax people. We can't tax on other people's money for the science spectrum. Are you for me, I dare you to argue, you, Tim Collins, texters, anybody, a more successful project in this city that's come on venue tax than the science spectrum? Well, I think it's been a great project, and it's a great uh, addition to our city. You, you've talked about it with your children. My children have gone there multiple times. Now they're in their 30s, and they don't go there uh, so much. But that, their that, kids will. That soon. reflects on me and my age more so than uh, than anything well, else. But Grandpa will be taking those kids there. Soon. It's a fantastic facility, and and when you drive by, there are cars in the parking lot uh, all the time, and and so this is going to be the same type of. Of project, it's it's a larger scale, of course, but it's and it's and it's about young people in agriculture. I've had the pleasure of serving as chairman on on three boards in in my career, and what I learned, how I learned to do that work, was through my service and time spent in FFA. In, at Friendship High School. I learned how to conduct a meeting. I learned about Robert's Rules of Order. I don't always follow it, but I do understand the premise. And so we can do things like that, and we are taught those things through agriculture. And and that's an important component to this. But this also have to understand that this is also about the opportunity to have motocross, the opportunity to have uh, rodeo, 
PBR. I was speaking with John Osborne earlier today, the, the president of, of LIDA, and he says the PBR calls him every year. Do you have a place for us now? Because we would like to come back to Lubbock with a PBR event. And the answer every year, uh, hopefully up until the next one, is no, we don't have a place for you uh, right now. But those kinds of things, those folks will be coming back. And, and there are other things, too. We, we haven't talked about sports uh, opportunities. A building like this with an indoor volleyball tournament, uh, maybe a gymnastics uh, a, event that we, we don't rugby. know about. Rugby. Who, who knows about rugby? You know, our, the team at least and Market Lubbock do such a great job. Um, I think a lot of our citizens don't know that we host the Women's Final Four basketball tournament for the NJCAA. Junior College National Championship occurs in Lubbock, Texas. Why? Because the Lubbock Christian University, the RIP, the RIP Griffin Center, is the perfect place for that event. Spent 30 years in Kansas, now it's in a long-term contract with Lubbock. And that's part of what our team has gone out and done. And we have the people who can do that again and again if we just have the facilities. And so I think that's why this is very important. So what may be called, just to close out here, what may be called a visitor tax can fall off over a given amount of time. Um, Going to be overseen by a board independent of the county and the city. And uh, location, maybe one of three locations to be determined, maybe by contingency contracts. A uh, couple other things you want to bring up. Uh, voters ought to know on the Lubbock County Expo Center, the proposed Lubbock County Expo Center, as we close out here, Tim Collins. Well, November 6th, early voting is, is election day. Uh, there are a lot of items on the ballot, and so if you look at your ballot, you are going to have to th- go through a lot of items. Uh, if you vote a straight ticket, uh, understand that you won't likely have the opportunity to vote for this unless you scroll through the rest of the items. Lubbock Independent School District has a bond election that uh, is is coming up for maintenance and other things in, within our school district. Very very important that uh, the voter turn out and and vote their conscience, whether it's yes or no. Uh, I'm happy with either as long as they turn out and vote. And and so I think that's very important. That's the voice that, that our democracy gives to us. We would ask that you stay engaged with us on Facebook. Lubbock County Expo Center has a Facebook page. We're answering questions there. Uh, we're We're providing insight. We're getting positives. We're getting negatives. It's a part of the process. And so stay engaged there and look at what uh, answers uh, the team are providing there. Uh, But most important, you get out and vote. Tim Collins, thanks for making time. Always happy to be here. Right here on the other side. Uh, Last text in. Don't have a name with this one. Uh, to the point about the Region Gate 5, justice rides a slow horse, but we expect that horse to be coming in to the Ponderosa anytime for now. I got to get home, going to get home, great family, above average dinner waiting for me. For Tim Collins, appreciate you tuning in this episode. Ross Ramsey tomorrow, right here on your other side, get to the bottom of everything going on. Thanks for tuning in. Two step up.